What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. There shouldn't just be one or two or three sex talks. That doesn't work. The fact is, is that what people need is to learn, just like with eating, how to eat in a healthy way their whole life, how to enjoy some things, how to not go overboard. If you find that porn is stealing your time, draining your energy, ruining relationships, and robbing you of your power, it's time to take your power back. Eric Zuzak tried 12-step programs and felt powerless when they didn't work. He then discovered the power of mindfulness in combating addictions. Porn Talk is about reclaiming your power to end your porn addiction. It's how Eric transformed from powerless Eric to powerful Eric. Ready to break your porn addiction? Learn from Eric, the powerful Eric. Here's your host, Eric Zuzak. We welcome back Beth Darling, a former divorce attorney turned relationship expert and sexpert. Consider this. She has counseled many people in divorces. She learned a lot from that. So here is some wisdom, more wisdom from Beth Darling. Beth, what would you say in this scenario, the wife knows the husband watches porn and she feels like porn is negatively impacting the marriage, but he is not stopping. What would you say to that wife? That's when you, you need intervention. You need help because there is, there is some reason. And talking about just sex without talking about relationship is, is as silly as talking about relationship without talking about sex, right? There's, there's reason for everything. We are such, our subconscious is so powerful <laughs> for good or for bad and you need to get past. But, but anytime there's an impasse in a relationship, there, it's usually a power struggle for some reason or another. There is something that is holding people back. Sometimes we are afraid of being too intimate, i.e. vulnerable with somebody else. Sometimes we're afraid of giving them too much quote, power over us. Um, sometimes there's resentment. You know, there's, there's so many different reasons for all of that, um, that I wouldn't be able to just guess what there is, but I would tell her that it's just, it's an impasse and it's just, it's a problem. Just like if she's like, I absolutely need to, I need a vacation need, need, need. And he says, no, no, no. I'd be like, okay, why? <laughs> this, is it that your needs don't matter? Um, who's, who's trying to usurp? What's going on? And dive into it. Yeah. I wish I had a quick fix answer. Sure. No, I understand. And from your perspective, from you know, having been a divorce lawyer for 15 years, and then now you're the relationship guru and sexpert. If a guy or a person is listening to this now in the porn is no longer fun. They're addicted to it. Do you have any ideas for how to help this person quit? Well, if you have a partner, and again, understanding what the addiction is, why why it 
it arose? Is it a sense of sexual desire that you're not comfortable with? Is it a kind of porn? Are you watching gay porn, but you don't think you're gay? Are you watching BDSM porn, but you're afraid that that's not good or reasonable or can't exist with your partner? So the first thing is, I think, understanding that from whence that, that addiction is, is coming from, what, what it's trying to fill. But then sometimes I think that sharing it with your partner and I think having some erotic talk and creating erotic stories together can be a really beautiful way to fuel a mind that just is simply wanting more diversity, wanting more unique and exploratory because talking about stuff doesn't mean you have to do it. Again, like I'm going to be thinking the rest of the day about having sex on a roller coaster. And I promise you, I am not going to be having sex on a roller coaster in real life. But in my head, this is what's going to linger. When we finish, I'm going to be like, hmm, like what seatbelt, you know, this is, it's got my imagination going, which excites me and puts a little smile on my face and makes me feel naughty and creative and, and, um, and rebellious. And yeah. I like that. So, so talking and sharing those things together can be kind of a good thing. The crazy thing about the United States is it's like sex is something that you don't talk about that much yet over 30% of the porn or websites are porn. So clearly there's some, there's a few people in the United States that are watching porn. It's, it's, it's crazy. Right. And, and our whole industry, all marketing and stuff is based on sex. So we actually, we're, I say human beings are the only people, the only animals that could possibly take the best parts of life, right? We have this amazing ability to be intimate, to have pleasure, to love, to experience just significant intimacy in all sorts of different ways. And we turn this this gift from the divine into something taboo and shameful. And it's absurd. Thank you. Thank you. It is a gift from the divine and it is, it is powerful and it is just turn it. It's marginal. I don't know if marginalized is the right word, but it, it's, it's, yeah. we are, we have, some people think that this is this sex drive is a something bad and it is a tremendous gift. And we can also not only use sex, the sexual energy for procreation or just to have fun in the bedroom, you know, we can take that sexual energy and channel it and cr bring creative things into this world. We can birth ideas into this world. Yes. Have you read Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich? Absolutely. I recommend it to all my clients. Yes. The Mystery of Sex Transmutation, Chapter 11. Yes. And the fact that he found that not only the billionaires, all the billionaires of the time, and this was 1939 or 32, I think, and sure. but they all, like they all were having happy, healthy, sexy fun within a relationship. And then he went on and found the bricklayers and found that bricklayers who were having happy, healthy, sexy laid twice as many bricks in a day as somebody who was frustrated. And I was like, this is what people need to know, right? It is repressing it, refusing it is just so silly because when we shine and I say people go into work when they come in and they're like, Oh, I was late because there was a line at Starbucks. I'm like, that's the worst excuse ever. But a great excuse would be, I was in bed and I couldn't get enough. My partner was amazing. She was pleasuring. He was pleasuring. We, it was a blast. So sorry. 
But everybody like around would be like, oh God, right? Like one, you can tell that person right away. And two, you know, they're going to be so much more productive, more easygoing, more creative, just energized. It's brilliant. And, and that should be encouraged. Awesome. I have a kind of an off the beat, beaten path question. I have two little boys. I have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. I wow. love being a dad there. It's just awesome. Dream. Yes, congrats. Thank you. Do you have any suggestions on parenting? You've got five children, so I'm sure you've got some, some wisdom there for <laughs> someone with about sex. And when I was a boy, I am actually the exception. I think I actually, my dad actually did have two sex talks with me. One, when I was really young, well, I don't know how young, but it was just a basic birds and the bees type of thing. And then the, yeah. the next one came, I had a girlfriend in my room with the door closed. She was uh, sitting on my lap and we were making out. And my dad just happened to, he was coming into the room for something he wasn't trying to see what I was doing. He just walked in. He was like, Oh, and then he turned around and he walked out. And so that night we had the second sex talk. So, and yeah. that was, it was pretty, that was pretty basic too. But what, what is, what's some of your wisdom from raising five children? Well, so first of all, my kid, my youngest is 25 now. So, um, and I do have grandkids, but I will tell you that I thought, again, I tried really hard to be open-minded and to really do well with my kids. And I messed up in so many different ways. In fact, one daughter was pissed at me going into this business. She's like, oh yeah, everybody thinks you're so good with it. And you're so, you got it all together, but you fucked us up, right? And I was like, look, I said, I'm so sorry. And I never want to pretend that, oh, I got it because it's so much easier to, to have it in the head than it is in the heart and in reality. So so give yourself grace. I think it's just hard, but there shouldn't just be one or two or three sex talks. That doesn't work. The fact is, is that what people need is to learn, just like with eating, how to eat in a healthy way their whole life, how to enjoy some things, how to not go overboard, how to not be crazy, right? Even kids at a young age could take a healthy meal at lunch and go trade it for all the junk food if they really want to. So you have to do a lot of work with your kids to help them figure out healthy boundaries around eating. And so that it's not just nothing, it's not yucky, it's not shameful, but it's also not, ooh, gluttony. And so I think that realize it's going to be uncomfortable and that's okay. Better you be uncomfortable and recognize that with your kids and share it with your kids. I didn't learn this. I'm trying to figure it out, but we're going to talk about, we can always talk about it because I don't know what the statistics are, but there's a huge number of people who are shamed early, early on, even as young as two or three for self-pleasure, right? Before they even understand the term masturbation, before they can even comprehend sex, there is sensuality and sexuality. Sensuality, the feelings, sexuality is the context. And even in utero, they'll have, you know, uh, fetuses like touching boys playing with yeah. themselves or holding onto their penis and stuff right. because somehow there's sensuality. So getting comfortable with that and talking to your kids about, Hey, yeah, of course it feels good to touch yourself. Where else? Oh, it feels good to touch your face. Oh, it feels good to stroke your chest or stroke your arms or sucking your thumb. That's another sensuality and 
talk about Freudian, right? Um, talking with them about how else can you find pleasure? And then what pleasures do you find openly in front of other people? And what pleasures do you kind of excuse yourself and go into the bathroom or go into bedroom or just step on the hall, like farting, you know, that can feel really good, <laughs> yeah. but belching, maybe you step out for that. It's not, we're not shaming you. It's just not everybody wants to be a part of it. Yeah, and it is an uncomfortable conversation. In fact, uh, I guess it was a few months ago. I don't even remember what I brought up about sex with my seven-year-old boy. And he came right out and said, I forgot exactly what he said, but he said, I'm uncomfortable with this conversation. <laughs> like I, he said something, maybe he said, do we have to talk about this? I think that's what he said. And I said, yeah. yes, we need to talk about this because my yeah. philosophy with my boys, well, more of the seven-year-old, not so much the three-year-old, of course, but that it should be a, instead of, just like you said, instead of having the sex talk, yeah. It should be an ongoing conversation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I found even my son was like 10 years old and I was like, oh, let's just, let me just talk to you. Let me tell you what sex is. Cause I forgot why I came up and he's like, no, I know what it is. I said, okay, well, will you just tell me what you think it is? And I swear at 10 years old, this is a kid who's, you know, top of his class, super smart kid, very open mother. And he says, it's when two people get naked and kiss for 24 hours. <laughs> like, right. He says this so straight laced, like, Oh my gosh. And this kid glasses, right. He wanted to tie for his fifth birthday. And I just laughed. I said, okay. I said, is that what your friends think? And he said, well, some of them don't think it takes 24 hours. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. oh, that's right. So, um, right. We don't know unless we ask, they think they know, but they may not. And I'll tell you this, the best sex education out there, I think right now for kids, I can't even believe that I'm going to say this, but it's the show on Netflix. It's called big mouth. Have you seen it? Mm -mm. Big mouth. It is painfully awkward. My granddaughter told me about it. My granddaughter's, you know, 15 now. She told me about it a few years ago. She, oh my goodness. It has teenagers it's all cartoon it's animated it's got songs it's got silly music they talk about everything but they are so on point they are so specific they are intentional about being real about the good the bad the ugly it's got boys going crazy with erections they're popping up now and then it's got girls who hate their bodies it's got people with pillows that they're fantasizing it's got hormone monsters that take over and make us do crazy things. It is, like I said, painfully, horribly awkward, but I strongly suggest that parents watch it with their kids and that your kids see you blush and go, Oh my God. And that you use it to foster conversation, okay. the good, the bad, the ugly mouth on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Be sure to check yeah. that out. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, like I said, it's cringeworthy, but it is smart. Very, very, very smart. Yeah. I don't think you really can start really too young with talking with your kids because I uh, have this book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And uh, there's also a teen version that I talk with both of my boys about porn and that it could be really addictive. And so, but even not just porn aside, just sex in general, you really can't start too early to talk about it because. I mean, when are you going to start? You know, are you going to start when they're 10? Are you going to start when they're 15? You gotta start, you know, you got you to start that conversation. Yeah. Several years ago, 
I heard that there was at least one synagogue in Houston that banned floor-length tablecloths at bar and bat mitzvahs, right? Bar and bat mitzvahs, if you don't know, Jewish tradition when kids turn 13, they banned these tablecloths at these big parties that were not just kids, by the way. There are adults at these parties and kids, but kids were going under the tables and giving oral sex to each other under the tablecloths at the age of 13. And that, right, it appalled me. It just, because again, what's happened is because we're not talking about sexy in terms of love and intimacy, people are trying to separate it. And that's ridiculous. So teaching kids, like my shop in Houston was in a residential neighborhood. It was in a cute little cottage. One of my first visitors was a woman who came with her two kids, elementary school kids up on the porch. And I I stepped out. I was like, Hey, fine by me, but let me just tell you what we're about. And I turned to the girls and I was like, okay. So I said, do you know what love is? You know, okay. Do your parents love each other? Yes. Do you want to have love when you grow up? Yes. Okay. Do you want to make sure that your partner feels love from you and that you feel love from your partner and that it makes you so happy that all you want to stay together forever? Yes. Well, that's what I teach, right? That sexy is again, a form of intimacy and it is a form of love. Even if it's a in the moment, you know, $50 blowjob on the street, God forbid, I still think both partners should be doing it with love. It needs to be something where neither one of you wants to be anyplace else and you're both happy with what you're doing. And that's when it's wholehearted. And that's what kids need to know that this is just part and parcel. It's not just something in and of itself. It's not. Yeah. And that reminds me of Napoleon Hill's The Mystery of Sex Transmutation, also, where he says that if it's just sex, you know, that's one thing, but you add in love with a, the, a, that sexual relationship, you had love in there and miraculous things can happen. Like you can then, that's where you can then birth some amazing things into the world when you add love with sex. Yeah. 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 I say sometimes it's like, um, the analogies for people is it's fast food, right? You can have hookups can be like fast food where it can just scratch an itch and, and fill an urge, but it doesn't really satisfy. You're not really thrilled. You don't look forward to it. I think people should aspire to fine dining of sexy. And the reason that people don't is because we think we don't deserve it. We think we'll never find it, or we think we can't afford it. And that's not true. I can teach people how to have great, sexy fun within whatever their confines are and whatever your morals are there. It's there for you. You just have to be creative and open and honest about it. And that is worth waiting for instead of just like, oh, did you say the fine dining of sexy? Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. The fine dining of sexy. That reminds me, for whatever reason, you, your show that you had uh, Love and Laughter with Beth that was on ES, ESPN. I, when I heard you say that your show was on ESPN, I thought, wow, so sex is really a sport now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it is. It's so much fun and it is invigorating and it can be so healthy. And yet it can also be so competitive and destructive if you let it go to extremes. But, um, but yeah, I loved, um, it was ESPN radio in Houston and I love talking to men because 
again, they don't even ask directions a lot of times. So who are they going to ask about sexy? So it's, it's really fantastic. If we start talking, like I know men are going to listen to this and they're going to learn. And again, because women, we get caught up in this. Oh, if we like sexy, we'll be sluts. But men are caught up in this. We're supposed to want sex anytime, anyhow. And that's ridiculous. You guys deserve fine dining too. And you know the difference just like any woman does. So let's just call it. We all want the same thing. We all want really great, happy, healthy, sexy, fulfilling, intimate relationships. We do. You know, if there's any one thing, I mean, there's many things I've got gotten from talking to you today, but if there's any one thing is to lighten up, lighten up about sex, you know, have, have fun, be creative. I I love, I love everything you've been talking about. Thank you. Thank you. And if I could give one, one simple tip for anybody, any relationship, we think that conversations that they should be face to face. Again, I I take things and flip them a lot, right? I actually think that difficult conversations are often easier if they're back to back, skin to skin, sit on the floor, take your shirts off, lean against each other. So there is contact, there is intimacy. It's really hard to be furious at somebody when you're touching them. Okay. It's really, really hard. So there's safety. And some of those times, and you ask me like, if somebody has got something, they're a little bit afraid to tell their partner something, right? You could tell me something and you could see a micro expression on my face. That, that's going, Oh shit. Or, you know, Oh, that's crazy or whatever. And, and you'll react to it because, because you do we're humans. Sometimes if we can't see, we give each other the space to have our own reaction without hurting, offending, or risking the other person. And yet we're still connected. And so setting up a ritual, I think once a week, 15 minutes, have a time and make it happen so that you never have to say, oh, we need to have a back-to-back skin-to-skin conversation because that could be hard and causes stress like, oh shit, what's coming? But if it's every week, then you save things up and back-to-back skin-to-skin. You can start by just saying nice things. You can start by reflecting on your week. Don't talk about the practicalities of life. This is about just couple time. But then you can also bring up, by the way, one thing I've been thinking about, and I didn't know how you'd respond, is the idea of a threesome. And again, you know, and if you say that to somebody's face, you're going to see a look of shock and awe on their face. But you don't have to see that. Give them a moment. And then the response can be curiosity rather than judgment. The curiosity, oh, what appeals to you about that? buy some time and don't expect the answers. Just be like, I just thought maybe we could talk about it later on. Or, oh, I just wanted to think about the fantasy or someday I might actually want to do that. Not in a hurry, but, and then give yourself that safety and space and both of you. So back to back skin to skin conversations on a regular basis, I think are for my clients, they have been absolute game changers in terms of their relationship. I got a great new show name for you. Back to back skin to skin with Beth Darling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, speaking of shows, so you've got your show that now it's come with us podcast and how can people learn more about you or if they want to get get coached by you, how can they learn more about you and what you do? Oh, thank you. So they can go to bethdarling.com, bethdarling.com. You can find my podcast there. You can find some of my YouTubes and my social media. I'm on social media as bethdarlingsexygenius. 
but bethdarling.com. You could find everything and you can sign up for my newsletter and you'll get a little freebie conversation starters that are great for first dates or couples who have been together for 30 years, people at lunch, group meetings, anything like that, but just kind of some conversation starters that are going to get you deeper than just, oh, how's the weather? Or how did the sports team do, et cetera. So I think conversation starters, having a few of those in your pocket at all times are just helpful, especially for people who are a little bit like, I don't even know where to start. Right? You've been together for 20 years. You think you know everything, but you don't. Well, start asking some different questions and you'll be amazed how much more connected and bonded you'll feel as you get to discover each other. Yeah, I'd like to check that out myself. My wife and I were were married almost uh, 11 years and um, I'll download that and ask some of those questions and see what happens. Terrific, terrific. (laughs) I can't wait. Yes. And obviously, if you have any questions or anything, you can email me Beth Beth at darlingway.com. W-A-Y, Beth at darlingway.com. So yeah. Well, Beth, this has been a great conversation. I wish we could keep going, but we've got a we got a time constraint here. So thanks for being here. And I will close with my favorite quote that says, You are designed for accomplishment. You are engineered for success, and you are endowed with the seeds of greatness. Go be great. Are you struggling with porn addiction? Then schedule a free strategy call with Eric today at PowerfulEric.com or call 314-717-0377.